Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. It's the first time that Ben has beat Brian into the recording session. Brian is not here yet. He Sucker. claims, claims that he has no email link yet, even though oh, Ben oh. has received it. It's a likely fucking story. Yeah. And I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and start the show and uh, do my intro because it's been a couple weeks. We haven't been on the show for a couple weeks because of Blade oh. Show. And then right after Blade Show, we had the Foundry. So you saw, well, you find most people everything saw that you were looking for. We foundried it. Yes, we foundried <laughs> it. Yes, and uh, it was awesome. It was a great time. And Look my like shop it, is man. an absolute fucking mess. Oh, uh, after that, but it, it, uh, were definitely worth it. It was awesome. I had a great time with everyone who came down and Get hung up. out, and we can talk about that in Blade Show. But first, I want to just thank the patrons. So. You guys are funding this entire thing. Thank you so much. That's the reason why we don't have commercials. If you listen to the show, uh, there's no commercial breaks, and uh, it's because of the patrons, and you can check that out at Work For It uh, on uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash work for it, like Dennis says and uh, in the beginning of the show. And then also we have two sponsors, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. I spent a lot of time talking with Lawrence last week during the blade show um after party which is called the pit uh and so we all hung out in the pit and lawrence and i bullshitted for quite some time about business and the market and where it's going it was always an an enjoyable time hanging out with lawrence and um this year i got to spend more time with lawrence because he didn't rush right out he stayed for a couple of days so it was great he's normally so busy he cannot get away for uh, those days but i think he sees the value in blade show like i do so he hung out and we just, you know, we, we ate some barbecue and we talked business. It was great. Um, so if you need anything in regards to your uh, knife-making endeavors, go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and check out what he has to offer. Lawrence is one of the hardest-working guys in the industry. He has abrasives and tooling. He has knife materials like steels and handle material, anything you need. You can just basically deck out your shop with all that stuff, and he ships from Canada, but he ships every day to the United States, and it's the same cost. You're not going to see any difference in pricing in fact he, he beats a lot of his competitors in pricing and in shipping speed and in customer service so go check out maritime and then when you're ready to take your knife making endeavors to the absolute next level make sure you go check out bakerforge.com that's koi and the boys they are making some of the most beautiful pattern welded steels in the world i've never seen anything like this koi came down and spent some time with us at the foundry yeah we built him a big forge it was amazing we had a great time and um he, he gave us some awesome feedback on that uh, all positive for the most part and uh, working alongside of Koi, I've known Koi for a couple years, but I've not really done the things that I've we did during yeah. the Foundry. Like, got a chance to work with him and hang out with him. And then also, just like afterwards, we were all hanging back at the... We rented a big house for everybody to hang out in and, and just got a chance to get to know him as a person, you know? Sit awesome. back and enjoy some, uh, some food and drinks and just hung out and talked. 
and he's one of those guys that he's very business minded, very focused on what he wants to achieve, and 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 his um, business model is flexible. Like he's real, it's really interesting listening to him talk about what he's got going on moving forward. So steals is not the only thing he's working on a lot of other stuff. So just keep that in mind when you, when you think about Baker forge and also um, use WFI 10 as your promo code, you get 10% off anything in their shop. They also make Gator piss, the etchant that we're all using now because he's changed the game. Think about how, think about the mind that comes up with something like Gator piss, for instance, that he sat down, figured that out and realized there'd be a market for it. Think of how many fucking gators he had to wrestle. You know, <laughs> well, I think that really, that. I, I actually did. I had this thought. Like he said yes to come down to Florida and hang out with me at the foundry, Whoa, not, not because low, running low, not because some... he cared anything about what we were doing. <laughs> he was doing market research, baby. He was yeah, out yeah. shopping for gators. That's Gotta that's what was going. Replenish the piss supply. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, oh, there, Brian finally figured Dude, it out. Look, come at you, on Brian. now, come on now. Hey, big boy. All right. <laughs> Jeez, we were just saying how normally it's Ben who shows up late and screws everything all up, and today well, it's you. you know. So it's a nice change of all pace. Right. Hey man, we sometimes all, we it's me. I mean, moments. I do it too. No, I do it too. So yeah, I'm, yeah feel yeah. free. But we already did our hey. intro, so I'm saying right now, are you ready? Yeah, Brian? man, let's hit it. Are you feeling it, baby? Let's hit it, baby. Let's work for it. Yeah, let's do this. As you know, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian House, joined as always with Ben Butler of Butler.us and Brian Cohn of BeConeKnives.com, and where we discuss business, business. in the workshop. And I've had, I don't know what it is lately, but our show's gotten a lot more ears, people listening to it, and um, I've been getting these great messages where people are going back, and they're listening to, like, episode one, and they're listening all the way through, you know, into the, where, you know, Ben joins the show, then Brian joins the show. Wow. And so they're they're getting the the evolution of the show, because, you know, initially when Trent was on the show, we were, you know, it was a party, yeah, we were gosh, hanging out, man. we're drinking, and then our livers gave up, and we ended up in the hospital, and then, yeah. you know, all that wow. stuff. So we ended up having to change up the show quite a bit, but I, what I get, and I'm really surprised by this, is that people love that we did that evolution. They can listen yeah. to the show, and it's evolved so much. Cool. So, yeah, and I've and multiple people. I don't know what it is lately. Just people messaging me on yeah. and Instagram saying that. So I got to say the uh, the hustle and grind boys did a phenomenal job filling in. Appreciate what what their, were their names? It was like uh, Lawrence. And Butthead, <laughs> no, it was like they came up with their own names. It was like <laughs> right, Byron yeah. Lake or something. It was yeah, really funny. Yeah. Like it had me laughing. Yeah. You could tell they put some thought into that, and we appreciate the hustle and grind yeah. guys. They were also at Blade, yeah. so Noah and um, and uh, Ryan were at Blade, and we were hanging out all you know together, getting FaceTime. And I'll tell you, so I hear a, a lot of people talking, and I won't mention any names, but there's been a few people that are like, Blade Show has zero value to me, and I my argument to that is that it you at the surface the show itself might have zero value 
but what to you in particular, not to everyone, but to these particular people who are saying this, it's the after parties that where yeah. all the business and all the sharing and Network. all of the camaraderie and all the FaceTime and all the things that went down at Blade Show happen after six o'clock. And I'll tell you, an old guy like me who's normally in bed by <laughs> nine o'clock, I'm up, I'm up, man. I was staying up, man. I couldn't, I, I would, I could have stayed on Saturday night in the pit there until one, two in the morning talking with people because it was just that good. And it was so much fun. We had a blast. And thanks to everybody who stopped me. And, and here's, here's something I never expected. More people stopped me to tell me how much they love the work for it podcast than anything else I've ever done. Yeah. So that puts it in perspective. Wow, I don't know, awesome. Brian. Yeah, Brian, did you get that? Uh, did anybody pull you aside and say like, hey, I love the Quite podcast. a few people, and I appreciated every single one of them. And it's like, you know, I still don't – I don't think of myself as any sort of celebrity status or like I'm, I still feel like a nobody. So every single time, there's quite a few times where you know, I'd be walking through and I'd just yell, Brian, holy cow. And it's like, holy shit, what – Wait a second. Who the hell am I? You That's know? true. You are a nobody, yeah, but you exactly. are on this right. podcast, so that makes you somebody. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding, of course. Um, but y- y- I, what I found funny was a couple people w- didn't know what I looked yeah. like. Oh, yeah. So I'm talking yeah. to them, and they oh. go, hey, do you have a podcast? And I go, yeah. It's called Work For... Like, oh, man. Oh, my God. And, you know, they're like, oh, I love your podcast. And, and uh, you know, because I have a little bit of a distinguishable voice yeah so sure yeah um, yeah but, say know. something yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly so great What's time up? i cannot express enough how if you just take anything away from blade show stand in that room look over the room and notice how much commerce is going on in that and then room. you have to realize yeah. it is that- Millions. There's not only millions of dollars going on in that room, but that is such a small percentage of all of the maker community. Even just a small percentage Mm -hmm. of the knife making community, which Blade Show is all based around. So, you know, if you're looking Mm -hmm. out and you literally can hardly walk through some of these alleyways because they're just so crammed full of people. And then you realize, like, only such a few amount, like, such a, such a small percentile of the knife-making population makes it to this thing. The knife can, I mean, come on, we're huge. I feel like, I feel like we're damn near mainstream around here. I love it. Well, that's what, that's what she said, but, you know, we are pretty huge. Ben, you'll find this interesting. (laughs) So, Saturday night in the pit, I'm talking with Chad from Mancrafting. Oh, and nice. work and works by solo. They're both mm-hmm. at the show. Bernie, they come every nice. year. Yeah. And they're Those like guys go to a lot of shows. They go to a lot of shows. And so then they go, Hey, did you see Pask is here? And I go, Pask uh, makes Neil. is here. Neil was there, had flown <laughs> over from Australia. Fuck me. I saw him um I saw him on Duresta's feed a bit. Uh, he's yeah, he's in New yeah. York now, so he's making the rounds. He went up to uh hang out Very with Chris Zepp. Cool. So, uh, yeah, and then I, me- I immediately go, uh, where is he? I need to meet him, like, immediately. So I yeah. went up to him, and he's a very small person, like, short-wise. Like, I, I did not expect suspect- that. I, ex- I suspected that, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah. And I That's told him cool. how much I love his work, because I really do. And yeah. then, I don't know if you remember, I made an octagonal handle 
Yeah, jig, the jig. You and I right? both dove into that a little bit. A yeah, and and yeah. so I told him the story about how I had found the jig on a forum, and then I recreated it, and I got land blasted by the Pask Makes community for stealing his idea, which I didn't even see it from right? him initially. Yeah. And he's laughing because he's like, I don't make things to really sell them. You know, no. I just make them because I love the making. You know, I love to do the making and I love the video yeah. content. And yeah, cool. um, and I said, I said, yeah, I figured that because, you do, you know, you didn't say anything to me. And and he goes, no, I, I don't. I remember seeing it. I just don't remember, you know, caring yeah. even a little bit. And so yeah, and awesome. then that brings me to the next thing is I made that big ass ashtray. So what happened was the foundry inspired me to do more yeah, forging too. in my me workshop. Too. And and I can see that in your feed too, Brian, because you you know, we're experimenting in different realms. You're doing QMI, I'm doing like big heavy steel shit. And I made an ashtray using a ball bearing, which I'd been planning on making. And yes, I saw that Jesse James had made one and or made a bunch. He sells them. And then I was like most of the uh, community was like very positive about the work that I was doing and they were all very, you know, supportive. But there was a handful of people that were just like, you stole this idea from Jesse James and you're ripping him off and, you know, all this stuff. And then there was these big, I mean, like they were angry, like people DMing me, like you're stealing, like when people steal, how do you feel when you get your design stolen? I go, I don't feel anything anymore. (laughs) All of my designs are stolen all the time. I cannot get, I would be mad every single day. I mean, I would have been fuming at Blade Show because I wandered through Blade Show and saw my designs fucking Mm. everywhere. But yeah. I, I have to t- change the the tone of my inner voice and say, I'm flattered. It's great that these yeah. designs are, are flourishing this way. And so making that ashtray fueled like a whole bunch of hate for me and a whole bunch of love for me at all at the same time. But I had a blast doing it. And um, I'm going to make a whole bunch and sell them. So fuck you guys. I don't right. give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't, and neither like- does Jesse James, by the way. Jesse James was tagged fucking 10 times in that post. And he did not give a shit. He does not care one <laughs> right? bit that a guy like me is making his. By the way, I'm reproducing his work poorly. I might add, it's a, a very right. poor I mean, it's, reproduction. It's, it's not even the it's same. It's a thing, house-made really. product. Of course, it's reproduced poorly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Half-assing some of it those. Since uh, 2019. <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of those small wheels that went out last week are probably a little fucked up for based mm. on what the guy I saw working on them on the Instagram there. Some yeah. big bearded son of a bitch was in your shop or something. In my shop. <laughs> Screw, screwing up all our loom. Actually, Brian crushed it. He On the last day he was here, which was Thursday, which was like departure day for the foundry, His he had a later flight. So we were just putting him to work and... You know, yes. we're, we're trying to catch up now because we didn't ship anything for like five well, or six days. Well, you had days. to fix all the stuff he fucked well, up, yeah. you know. He broke a hammer. I did. He did break a Literally, hammer. Literally, I... How do you he, break a fucking hammer? Because he's a fucking monster. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think people fully realize, like, Brian is a soft-spoken, gentle human being. But when right. he's at that anvil... Look out, Stand fucking yeah. back. He yeah. is a monster, that guy. No. To be fair, to be fair, right. that that handle was not long for this world. But, you know, I helped right. it along its its path on the way out. It is now zip-tied to my workbench with his autograph on it. I fucking <laughs> love it. How nice. So well, lots, of, lots awesome. of stuff had happened. And, Ben, you know. I know travel for you might be a little tougher because you're not feeling well all the you know all the time. But man, next year 
I think you would get a lot out of this. I am thinking about it for sure. Um, I did find out. uh, So my Atlanta install date was tentatively set for August 14th that week. And now it's been moved to September 4th. Okay. Okay. Um, which I need, I haven't looked at a calendar in a while, but I don't know how close that is to maker camp mm. or anything like that. It's not close enough. It's not maker close camp enough. is in end of October. Ah, okay. Well, there's another date potential for November if I got to go back and do any touch-ups and stuff. So we'll see what happens, but I'm, uh, I'm actually poised to travel the fucking world here. Uh, the 24th, we head back to PA. We'll be there for a couple of days, and we hop a plane, go to Ireland. Whoa. And then we Gotta hop another plane. Real Guinness England. when you're yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, we're going to England or Ireland, England, and then spending a week or so up in the, the hills of Scotland. Nice. And we're going to fucking rip somebody's guts out like the Braveheart. <laughs> movie <laughs> that's a, that's one place i've never i've been into the uk obviously i have a bunch of family yeah. over there but i've never done i've done london and wales yep. but i've never yep. actually done anything else in the uk so I, I bet you that's gonna be fun it'll be fun you know we um uh family friends of christie's uh pat grew up back in scotland so we're renting a big house with them and uh gonna do a bunch of hiking and biking and you know, twiddle, twiddling our thumbs while we drink the brown beer. So Sounds should be fantastic. good. But then I'll come back from that and uh, dive directly into uh, wood slat feature wall uh, production, basically. So I'm going to I'm going to build uh, the vast majority of the whole thing back in Pennsylvania. Wow. And uh, then go from there and uh, head south and do the install. So more than likely I'll be in Pennsylvania shit most of July and a good part of August. If I get done, I'll come back to Boise and then fly back and uh, pick shit up and go south. But yeah, it's going to be a busy couple months here for sure. Yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like, well, the, the door is open uh, I think that yeah. you would have gotten a lot out of the foundry. You would have been, you walked away feeling very inspired and next year we're going to do a rotation. So different people next year. So it won't nice. be the same people that were here this year. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that all works for next year. Our yeah. goal really this year was to just build up FOMO, right. show everybody right. like, Hey, this is how we produce content. This is how we work every day. These are the, mm-hmm. this is the process. And I think everybody walked away with something of value from that three days they spent down awesome. here at Housemade HQ. Uh, also, a real quick shout out to all the guys over at Coal Ironworks. They had me on their podcast while I was at Blade Show. That will be released if it hasn't been released already very soon. I've been talking with Nate kind of in the DMs and on email. We're going to be doing some collaboration work together. So it's a really kind of a cool Blade Show, yet again, bringing people together that have like minds, who have the same philosophies, who like the same things, and then we get to do business together and make money together. And that's really what like the core of work for at this podcast has been, is building a community. And this has fired me up even more, like wandering around Blade Show, 
talking to all these people and we're I'm talking like guys that are I got pulled aside by somebody and I'm not going to say his name and don't even bother asking me because I'm never going to tell who this is. Brian knows who this is, but don't say anything. But this this guy pulls me aside after I walk out of the bathroom at the pit and he's telling me about how much he loves the podcast. This is like kind of a bigger knife maker. And he's like, and then he's like, you know, there's a, there's a rumor going around blade show that you're independently <laughs> wealthy and that you, all this money is like, you, you know, you're, and I'm like, uh-huh. And uh-huh. you know, he had a, had a few drinks. So the tongue was a little loose yeah, yeah. and, uh, and I go, well, if you actually knew me and knew the whole story, you know, you would find out that like, none of this is, this didn't come out of like a, right. like anybody did. Nobody invested in what I did. Now, I invested daddy in didn't myself. die and give you $16 million. Now, by the way, I don't even know why people think I'm wealthy all of a sudden. Right. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't, I know it's crazy. You have to set like, the I'm stage not, just no. a little bit more. He, he just came out of the bathroom and he shakes your hand and he doesn't let go throughout the entire conversation. He does not let go. He pulls that move <laughs> where he, he grabs and your you hand. you didn't even wash your hands. And he, and he, <laughs> and he, no, my hands were wet still from being washed and he pulls me in tight and he you know how people do this when they're Uh drinking and they just shake your hand repeatedly while they're telling you something did he he get the elbow grab too no elbow grab no elbow grab uh but i was just like okay and then he was telling me about and meanwhile i'm in a can I just say, this is how Blaze Show works. I'm standing at the urinal taking, uh, you know, li- a leap. Shaking it. And, uh, and a gu- the guy in the urinal next to me is asking me about the temperature rating <laughs> of the Apollo Forge. <laughs> okay? So, I don't know this guy, yep, right? And, yep. and, and I'm trying to now sell this guy a forge because he's wanting to talk about this. Because the talk of really the Blade Show was really more or less was all about the Forge. It was more Forge than yeah. Grinder, and I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, we're talking about that. And then on the way out, I get pulled aside by this other guy, and uh, and if I, he's a he's a fairly big, you know, in in his niche of knife making, he's a fairly big knife maker. So yeah. I was like kind of like taken aside and then i'm like no and i explained to him i'm like look you know we we created this thing house made with very little money the 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 funding that came to buy the buildings was all kind of from the buildings i owned when i owned the computer shop i was trying to give them a little bit of a like this is how we we climbed the ladder you know i had other properties that i had built from a business that i had owned for 20 15 years no, this stuff doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. No. Like all that stuff was like leveraged in order to do the move that we made to make here. It was a lot of smart business financial decisions, but no money was all given of that. To us. Like we did not just gain any. All of that, that and also hitting the lottery kind of helps. You gotta admit, Brian. Right? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you know, somebody somebody stole me a huge check, right? And I'm like, no, the, this guy and the guy's like, it just seems so like rapid growth and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, it is rapid growth. This yeah. is what we're doing. We're and, and and by the way, it's not even that rapid. You know, there's businesses no. out there that go 10x viral. of what we've done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, this is not this is a, I look at this like a marathon and it, that's I'm in the middle. I'm at like mile 12. So, yeah, just well, we're gonna either, keep going. either way, it is. um it's a testament to your hard work, your vision, and and seeing a vision through. And I think um, a lot of guys lose sight of that somewhere in the middle, right? And I think that's uh, 
definitely a testament to your brain and, and your eye for business. Cause like I've said a million times, right? I, I think that there are a lot of people that jump off the cliff, going to work for themselves and uh, do awesome things, but they have no fucking clue how to run a business, right? <laughs> you know? Yep. And, and I think it happens all the time. Um, so we drink from the fire hose uh, as fast as we fucking can, but most of us can't drink fast enough, you know? So if, growth if tends you, to be slower. I'm going to make a recommendation to watch a Netflix series and it's, it's going to be kind of an odd one, but you're going to pick up a ton if you like the rhetoric that I'm spewing, go watch Arnold on on Netflix. It's oh, all yeah. about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And there's a couple of takeaways when you watch these shows and you hear him talking about yep. wanting to be a bodybuilder. Then he achieves this. Yeah. And then he wants to be an actor and he achieves it and all this stuff. And he can, and he, he goes back to a couple of things that are really key uh, pieces as to how I do it. He visualized himself being the best bodybuilder in the world. He sat there Manifest and thought about shit. it. He manifested. You know? I you can say all you want about the hippy dippy con, you know, the whole the whole thought process behind the uh law of attraction. I get it. It it doesn't you know, it's not cool to think that way or whatever. Here's it is though. And and it the is, reason yeah. is is because if you can visualize yourself doing something then you can actually make it happen. It might not happen right away, but right. you see it in your mind and you do. It. And I, by the way, this is something that was talked about all the way far back as like Henry Ford was a visualizer. He was a guy that just, he saw, he envisioned, he spent time meditating on it. He figured it out. And that's the only way that you can surpass or bypass your own physical differences between what you think you can do and what you can actually do. They use this in the military. The Navy SEALs use this. They push the body well, well behind, beyond what you think you can do. Yep. It's the visualization process. So watching Arnold talk about this, it really solidified it for me because this is how I do it. I think to myself, uh, let me give you a classic example. I want to become a, a production knife house. I want to make production knives. I want to help others bring production knives to market. And then everybody's going to look at me and go, but you're a grinder guy. You make tooling, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're right. But I'm visualizing this because this is the true passion of mine. When I got into making grinders and tooling, it was because I'm good at solving a problem. And I solved the problem for a lot of people. And then I made some money doing that. And now I took that money and I reinvested it in the, the amount of tooling that I would need to learn the process of actually making knives using machines. Okay, let's take that process and multiply it times a thousand. Okay, let's do that again times 10,000. Let's figure this out. Let's bring manufacturing back to the United States one knife at a time. How do you do that? I don't know, but I'm going to fucking figure it out. One knife at a time. We're going to figure it out. And that's what we're doing right now. Speaking of, I've been seeing your content. I think you put out a piece of content yesterday where you're you're dialing in that Haas mini mill on that design. Holy shit. The, The fucking, like just the finish you're getting off of that. I mean that that's yep. damn near ready to go. You just slap an edge if on I it, throw it. on some quick scales, out the door. Yep. So that knife came off the machine at ten thousandths behind oh, the Jesus. edge. Jesus. So like right behind the edge, it's magnet right. cut. 
and you saw the finish. I did it in my stories. Yeah. I'm not like I didn't want to like post it to the world just yet because I, I would get inundated. So I did it in my stories and I got inundated. A lot of people giving me good advice and stuff. I got a lot of good advice from Richard Beck and he's like he's like in that world. So he understands tooling and CNC and all that. And so I got a, a bunch of good comments on it. But really, the what it, what we're trying to do is create as little work post machine as possible. So when that knife comes off that machine, heat treat, finish, handle, out yeah. the door. And I get a lot of questions about using MagnaCut as my experimental yeah, that's steel. exactly what my next question was. Because MagnaCut is a yeah. son of a bitch. It is a son of a bitch. And that's the reason why we did it. Because... Those blanks cost me about $30. They were like 27 to it shipped. They're about 30 bucks a, a piece. I could have bought 1095 and put it in the machine for $4 a piece. The difference though, is that every steel you machine machines differently. So if I machine that knife out of 1095, it would have came out probably great. And I would have figured out the process. The second I put a magna cut, uh, blank in there it's going to react differently to my my tooling so yeah. now i have to redial in the process so the end result was always going to be magna cut so i started with magna cut yeah. and yes it's expensive it is very expensive that was a 500 hundred dollar day for me yesterday not just in blanks but in tooling so i then thought well if we're now that was like the third or fourth blank that i got off that machine and there's issues. You know, there's like little details that need to be repaired, but it gave me a lot of hope that we're going to be able to do this on a grand scale. And um, yeah, so we're we're in the process of that and a whole bunch of other stuff here in the workshop. But it's like it, I want to be able to give this, give the the guy who's producing a lot of knives every year the opportunity to like to sell their work at a mass scale, right? Where you can't, you cannot get that anywhere. I mean, you can. You can go to China if you want. You can have them do it, but you're going to use D2 steel. They're going to, you're going to, and it also it's made overseas. I want American-made hands using American-made steel and American tooling, making American-made, hundred percent American-made knives to the most part. You know, like as much as we can like the, humanly um, possibly. America. Origin. Fuck yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. What is it? Jocko is involved with that Shit. origin. Uh... Oh, we got a machine origin yeah, denim or whatever, where they, every part of the, the denim is manufactured here in the U S. Um, it's pretty cool. I'm going to go on mute, but yeah, discuss. <laughs> ah, have you seen their, have you seen their stuff? I come? haven't much, but oh, I, I can, I mean, origin. you know, it's just, it's one of those things you're, you're getting a better quality and you're getting it like you're, you're stimulating the local economy. It's what you yeah. want to do. It's what everyone and, wants to be. And you can control it too, I think, which is phenomenal, oh. right? Like uh, you have full control. You can go to the fucking place where they make the thread and you can I'm change I'm so it. passionate about this. I'm going to unmute myself, even though my air compressor is going up. Here's okay. So I'm at blade show. I handle a lot of beautifully made knives from overseas. I mean, they're, yeah. They're, they're just perfect, right? They're beautiful knives. And I can't, somebody would have asked me, like, why would you not buy that knife for $100? And why would you uh, want to make that knife in the United States and charge three times or four times the cost? And sometimes, and sometimes it's 10x yeah. the cost, right? Why? Like, why? It is a fundamental core belief 
that if that knife, it's just one knife, Brian, it's just, it's just that one thing. No, it's not. It's right. a culmination. Look at the big picture here. The big picture is we know that we need to bring, and that this is like what my grandfathers and everybody else have, you know, were always preaching to me when I was a young man, and I totally blew it off because when you're a young person and you're poor and you don't have a lot, you're like, dude, whatever's the cheapest, whatever will get the job done, I'm just going to buy it. I'm going to spend the money at Walmart. I'm not going to go to a, you know, an artisan in the United States and have them make me a chair when I can buy a folding chair that was made in China for 20 bucks. I get it. But as you get older and as you see these these uh, uh, these themes, the, the, the patterns that are happening around you, you realize that it's just one knife. OK, it's just one knife. But that one knife impacted American families, which then impacted societies and cultures and all these things as we grow bigger and bigger that will become where the seed was planted was here on our soil and i'm not trying to take jobs away from the chinese or anyone in india or any of that i'm not i i just don't i'm not in their country i don't i'm not uh, i'm not interested in um, like any hate towards that culture or anything because they make and they serve a purpose and they've they've done some great things for us and i truly appreciate those cultures but i have a duty for my own family and children and my future generations to keep it here we sold out in the 80s okay and i witnessed it my father spent a lot of time in taiwan and 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 when i was a young man setting up factories to move um, move these manufacturing facilities away oh. from my hometown of Rockford, Illinois, Dude, same so here. that Grew they up can in... make cheaper stuff in China. And they didn't know, man. They did not know, and that's okay. Right. I get it. You wanted to increase your margins. It makes sense from a business standpoint. But I'm gonna tell you right now that it makes sense right now to do this in America. Every single one of these guys I see on Instagram working out of their garages, making things buying their tooling from guys like Nate over at Coal Iron, buying stuff from me, buying stuff from Koi. It is important that we keep it stateside as much as humanly possible. I'm not asking for everything. I know nuts and bolts and screws and everything else you need to have some made over there, whatever. But we got to start bringing some of this back because it is imperative that we continue to work and that we find purpose in our work. And if that means that we have to Take control, take back, work harder, work 18 hours a day. It doesn't, it's not so much about the money. It's about the core fundamental belief that every single thing we make here makes a difference in your neighbor's life, in your parents' yeah. life, in your children's lives. It makes a difference. And and I'm telling you right now, I've got backing. I've got support. I've got enough people that could keep me going for 25 years. You're independently years wealthy. Stuff. Well, I am independently wealthy. I have. I don't need the money anymore. <laughs> free free well, knives for everybody. I, I mean, American I, made. All you have to do, and and most people, I think some people pay attention to this. People who make things probably pay attention to it more. But take any town, right? The town I grew up in, St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, was number three on the list uh, of places that the Germans were going to fucking bomb in World oh, War Two. Oh, really? 
the, re- yeah. the reason for that is because they made so many pressed metal, powdered metal, carbon graphite parts for the automobile industry, mm. for the, the uh, agriculture industry, for all, you know, a million industries that fed the fucking war machine. You go back there today and, you know, it is a literal ghost yeah. town. There are barely enough jobs to sustain the population, right? In its heyday, I mean, there were, you know, I don't know how, you know, say there were a thousand millionaires or a hundred millionaires back in its heyday. Today, there's maybe one in town, you know? And so it's, it's a reality that shit got outsourced and it's not necessarily because we're bad at doing it. It's because of choices that were made. And I'm with you, House. I mean... Those were choices if, if that you needed could, to be made. And- if you could make a choice in the 1980s to move your factory to China, yeah, and you probably would have because you're like, well, it cost me uh, $3 to make this in the U.S., but in China it cost me 50 cents. Right. Then, of course, you're going to go, gonna yeah. But then, yeah. But then when you're sitting down smoking cigars with all your other buddies who own factories and they go, wait, you went from $3 to 50 cents? I could do the right. same thing. And then it became, yeah. of course, just like everything, it became the norm. You just did it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, fast forward to 2019, 2020, and we're in the midst of a pandemic that originated in that particular part of the world that's halted production. And we have massive, massive problems because we just, you know, we let profits dictate. Yeah. Now I get it. I'm a businessman. I'm, I believe in cap. I'm a full on hard wedged capitalist. You will never change my ideas about that. I will always be a capitalist. I feel like it's the best system in the world that brings more people out of poverty than any other system. Capitalism is, is the thing. The unfortunate part is when you get in that one top 1% of those people making those decisions if greed seeps in, which it tends to do, then uh, they make choices that affect the rest of us 99 percenters. So what we have yep. to do is we have to fucking make knives in the United States. It boils yep. down to that. OK, so if I tell you that I want to make a knife here, we're going to make a knife here and we're going to make it here. And yes, it's going to cost a little more and you're going to get superior steel, superior quality. You're going to have American made hands working on it. And you're going to know every single time you put that knife in your pocket, you're going to walk around with a little bit of my philosophy in your pocket. And then you're going to pull that motherfucker out and you're going to stab some shit with it. And you're going to go, fuck yeah, I love this because it is, this is the core of America right here in your hand. In Magna Cut Steel made by a guy named Laren Thomas, who is American and made his dent in the world by creating something out of nothing. And I hey, love Brian. it. And I'm going to keep doing Can it. Can I hire you to do commercials for Beco Knives? <laughs> yeah, I'm a living commercial for you. You get to talk oh, to me yeah, every I week. Know. And I get to spread oh your God, shit dude, all the time. You're such an orator. You should. I'll, I will tell you that I'm, I'm, only, I'm only vocal about these things that I am so fucking passionate about. Because I believe there is a fundamental perspective problem that we have because my generation and subsequent generations have all been fed cheap things that don't last our landfills are filled with it and they're and they don't value like handmade artisan shit anymore 
people just don't do it because they're like, I can buy that at Walmart for ten bucks. Why would do I pay you hundred? Do you think 100? though? I I feel like they're starting to. They are and now. I had this conversation. Thanks to COVID, they right? are now. And I had this conversation with a friend who she's um, she's an artist, and she actually um, right now as a part time job, she does she builds all of the window displays for. Oh fuck! It's a hipster clothing company, like an Abercrombie kind of place. But um, anyway, Urban she, Outfitters. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, you know, teen teen tween clothes, that kind of shit. You guys are you definitely know? showing your age uh, with those with those choices, right there. Right. <laughs> so, but but we had this conversation. She loves photography and has has always been a photographer and. You know, she said, I, I said, I think people are starting to value handmade. They're starting to appreciate paying a little bit more for something when they know where it came from and they have a relationship with the person that made it. 100%. And she agreed 100%, except for she said, you know, we started talking about AI and she's like, but what does that do for photography? Mm. You know, like all this progress forward, you know. Because I said, as a primary example of artificial intelligence sort of taking over the world, right? Did you hear? So uh, in this world where we're always trying to make things better, this is sort of similar to shipping it to China, right? We're going to employ AI uh, to make life better. And artists are saying, well, that's horseshit. Uh, you know, you're going to work me out of a job. And, and my argument is that we need to think different, right? As, as artists, much the same. We have an we have the same opportunity that our forefathers had when they made a choice to ship shit to China, right? The difference being we're shipping shit to robots. (laughs) Um, And I think that if we employ it properly, then I think there's huge potential for it to make us better as artists, to make us better as business people, uh, and to make us, you know, more money, more, you know, quality goods, the whole thing, but it's a choice we have to make on AI real quick. And uh, this is going to piss off a bunch of people. So when I was in college in the early, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, I had a, uh, I took four years of photography and film. And I remember this one teacher, Randy Peterson, who I respected very much go on almost every year. Every year at the beginning of each class, he would go into a long diatribe about how digital cameras are going to ruin photography. Mm. Ruin it. Right, yeah. And now we know because of history that it that did it greatly benefited photography. I mean, we have so much right. because of it. And it's given the technology to all these people who wouldn't otherwise have access to it. And so this guy would go on long rants about this and we would all listen and, you know, we would just because we respected his work. He was a, he was a really good guy um, and a, he was a friend and is a friend of mine still. And now when I hear anyone talking about A.I., I think to myself about I think of Randy, you know, Randy now is a like a con- convert. He has all digital shit, so he's still using it. So. When somebody says that something is going to this tool or whatever, this new technology is going to come about and ruin my life or take away my job. 
You need to see the bigger picture. Think outside of the box. Use chat GPT or AI or whatever to your advantage. It will never replace the human mind. We, you know, chat GPT doesn't have the ability for abstract thought. There's very, very (laughs) different. There's large differences there. Use it as a tool. Leverage it. And by the way, do it as soon as fucking possible. If you are threatened by a robot and it's going to take your job, learn to partner with it and and make it better. Make yourself better. Anytime somebody goes, oh, I would never want to use a CNC machine. I'd want to just do that on my bridge port and do the hand crank. I go, you're not my <laughs> kind of person. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're just not a forward thinker. You can you can think that way all you want. It's it's up to me to to be able to choose, pick and choose who I surround myself with. I want guys that go CNC. Fuck yeah. I want guys that go America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I want all of that because if you you could create an argument of negativity towards anything it's all a distraction or you can go that's good for you maybe not for me whatever it is use ai and use it as a tool and we're doing it we're using it for all kinds of things we had to write an nda while everybody was here that was all done through chat gpt we all we had to yeah we had to we had to uh draw up uh a um a waiver that said like if you got hurt while you were here that you couldn't sue housemaid all done in chat well, GPT. I'll tell you I what, would normally man, have to pay a lawyer for that. Like if, I, you know. I was gonna say, if I were in the legal profession and I made my money off of sort of those quick hit type things like your yep. quick NDA or whatever, man, I, that's where I'd be a little little scared, you know. <laughs> Cause hey, use it as that a shit's tool. Over. The, well, start thinking think, outside of the box. Get out of your complaint. People are being so fucking complaint. They're 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 just content with where they're sitting. Yeah. You have to just understand something. If you have something and it's and it has value, there is somebody three steps behind you looking to take it away from you yep. at and all three times. Three steps ahead that every fucking minute the of the day. There is somebody I can't even I'm not gonna go into it, but you know the story behind grinders and all this stuff. If you go on anywhere now, my my designs have been duplicated and the plans Triplicated. and my business model even. My <laughs> right. business model, all of it has been duplicated. And they all want to take a piece out of my pocket. So every single day I have to innovate. I have to create. I have to make networks. I have to build friendships. I have to do things like the foundry. I have to think outside the box. I have to give a hundred t-shirts away in the pit on Friday night. So on Saturday, I see my fucking logo everywhere everywhere in blade show everywhere. I have to come up and guarantee you my competition will be doing the same next year. Oh, that's yeah. OK, because you know what? I already have my ideas for next year and it isn't T-shirts. Yeah. So if you, you know, every time you turn around, somebody wants to pull something out of your pocket. You have to know that this has been going on since the beginning of all commerce. It will never change. There will be no. always somebody that wants to yank from you. So guess what? Yep. This is your time. This is your money making years. You step up. You're never going to be able to create that one thing that's going to be. I mean, it's so rare these days. You create one thing and it's going to carry you for your entire working career. You have to keep moving forward. Let's keep working for you guys know the deal. You got to fucking work for it, baby. And maybe the work isn't hammering down on some steel. Maybe it's just sitting and thinking. What would the world be like? And what would the world be like if Jimmy Teresa? came up with gurgling guts or whatever his first big viral toy yeah, was right? and then he just stopped there what would the what would yeah he wouldn't be exactly. jimmy Duresta. he would be he'd be a footnote in some wikipedia page somewhere Maybe. 
that no one knew who he was. So yeah, well, and I that's, think that's it's a good point, Brian. Yeah, and I, and I think it's just interesting to look at that you know parallel between this technology that we have, right? Because it was the same back then. It was they were you know China had better technology for manufacturing. You know, so naturally it makes sense. Let's ship it to China. They can do it cheaper, faster, better in some way. Sure. Right. So we shipped it there. I think there's that potential if if we don't start using some of this shit smart and we don't embrace it to at least understand it. Right. There's so many people that ignorantly just dismiss it as a failure and or you know as as a, something they're afraid of and i think that embracing that new technology and figuring out how to use it appropriately yeah. you is have important. to have an open mind and it's yeah. got to stay positive positive. and by the way if you hear me talking about america and you're not in this country just replace the word america with wherever you're from right I, it, it it doesn't matter you to me i would rather uh, you know, have it here made in America. But if you're say uh, Mark Vanderwerf, for instance, and he's mm-hmm. in the UK, uh, yeah. he's in England. Uh, he's not of England descent, English descent though. I don't. I think he's from oh, Denmark I forget or somewhere. Where he's from. Yeah. But he. But wherever you're from, wherever you live, that's that whole line of uh, think local or act local, think, think global, global type deal. Yeah. Act local, right? And so uh, wherever you are, take my philosophy and apply it to wherever you live, because. If we we'll all rise up together, a rising tide raises all ships and we're going to do that together. But just know that my allegiance is to the states and I spend money in other countries. I'm Matt Bicker in Europe. He, he makes stuff for us and we pay to have it made by Matt and shipped all the way across the Atlantic because he makes the best shit. Right. And, yep. and I can't get it made here. I want him to make it. I want him to rise up. That's that's my goal for him. So it's like, OK, but we're working together, you know. And that's the thing. But it, it, if at some point someone said, hey, I can do that for cheaper in America, fuck Matt. Get him the fuck out of here. He's gone. Good. You hear that, Matt? I'm over it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're out of here. No, I'm kidding, of course. And by the way, you can buy a revolution from Matt's website, DIY Europe. Uh, I think it's DIYEurope.com. I'm Use promo code BCONE for free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in Europe. I don't think. Yeah, it's, no, it's DIYEurope.eu. So you can get a, a revolution kit if you're in Europe over there. They're making all that gear uh, for us in Europe, but he's selling it now through his website. So you guys can make that process easier on us because we were doing it and sending all the orders to him. It was just a whole mess, but we've streamlined that process now so you can go do that. So if you're looking to build a revolution. Nice in your country and you're in the eu or near there go there diyeurope.eu that's a plug sweet sweet anyways listen uh okay we're 50 minutes in i know this isn't a traditional work for it i'm highly caffeinated and i'm fucking shot out of a rocket (laughs) or in a rocket out of a cannon either way I'm having a blast, and I appreciate everybody that came and talked to me at Blade Show. Thank you so much. And all the DMs and private messages and everything else that came out of it was awesome. Um, and then, Brian, did you, you did you have anything to talk about uh, this week? I know you had said you had a couple of things you wanted to discuss, but I can't remember. Well, of course, were. I want to you know thank everybody, you know, Patreon people, for helping me get to Blade Show. Couldn't have gotten there without you guys. Thank you guys for the, all the support. Blade Show was awesome. Met so many people. I mean, I can just go through my little spiel of a week real quick. 
And then the foundry, yeah. I mean, it's just like the fact that there's that many high level movers and shakers in the industry sitting around me all weekend or all week long after a blade show, being able to talk to them, you know, pick their brains on different things. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was so inspiring that um, basically when I got home, I was sick, first of all. So, you know, I took the one day off and like kind of recuperated. You had COVID-19. COVID-19, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did test negative for COVID, so it's not COVID, but still. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the first thing... I've still never taken a test. The first... You really? Wow, that's that's surprising. No. But anyway, so the, the first day I was back in the shop, uh, one of the people that we had at the foundry was Jordy the Knife Maker. And his whole thing is, you know, he does these classes where within like four to five hours, you turn around, you make your first chef knife. And it's like, it's not just like this little rinky-dink tiny knife. It's like a full-ass legit. legit knife. And he can teach you how to forge and forge it and have it heat-treated, tempered, finished, handle everything. All within like four to five hours. I forget exactly what he said. And he basically does this, you know, on repeat, sometimes twice a day, some, you know, many times a week. It's it's quite an amazing thing that you can accomplish. So the first thing I did is I took a piece of scrap and I did that style of a knife just to see what it would look like. And I was, as I was making it, I was thinking about, okay, well, if I was teaching this, I would, I would kind of, not that I'm like going to start ripping off Jordy the knife maker, but I'm, I, I have really wanted to get into teaching. And that is a really cool avenue of something that, you know, really opened my eyes to, you know, you don't have to, you know, make this knife over multiple sessions people want to come in and you know have a hard day's worth of work and be done at the end of one day have a nice looking knife have something exactly to show exactly it, right? so i did that and you know i've i made it and it's you know hey maybe it might go up for sale who knows but whatever and then yesterday i decided to because you know i'm around pickle cutters and tyrell and koi baker Smoke a bunch of weed? Or, or <laughs> no, not the weed, but it was more t thinking about doing, you know, layered steels. And, you know, I wanted to try a QMI. So what I should have done is, you know, really, because we talked about it quite a bit. And, you know, I kind of knew all of the different concepts of all the things you have to hit. Didn't know nearly enough to just jump in with both feet. But that's what I did yesterday is I, I um, documented a shit ton on pretty much all of the steps all the way through I was trying to show off all all of the all of the making of this QMI billet and you know things leaked you know I had issues here had issues there way too thick not enough welds welds cracked copper spilled you know all all of the things that happen the first time you do something you know whatever but yeah I it was a noble it, attempt I mean, and the the end result wasn't too bad I mean you 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 did manage to get one piece of steel out of it. it had some D lambs in it. You know, but, there, there are some considerable voids in that copper. So, and by the way, you're doing this in a forge. So it's like hard to, to gauge right. temperature and also and no press. So, you know, it's all trying to smack it together yeah, yeah, by hand. So yeah, I definitely didn't set myself up that the best, but the one definitely. thing that I learned, first of all, it's a lot. It's definitely doable. And also, if I do something and I don't ask people beforehand and I I document and put things out on social media, 
I will have at least 20 people trying to tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong and how I can do it better next oh, yeah. time. Right. That, you know, some people would say, you know, screw you guys. I'm, I'm trying to learn here. But my personal take is I have a, such a core group of really talented people that when I have issues, I can turn to them and be like, hey, can you fill me in? And they fucking tell me. They teach me over the phone. Like, I mean, I had so many people messaging me and like really trying to give me like, a, oh, well, you know, the weld, the reason why that cracked is because when you weld it around the first time, you should grind that back and find the pinholes and weld over those. You know, it's it's those little tidbits that I could have done this 20 times and never figured out. Yeah, I saw the comments, you know, under your Instagram post, and it was inspiring to, to see all the people who wanted. Yeah, to I love it. Um, it's a tough yeah. uh, I will say that that's that's such an awesome approach that you have and I think um it's also it seems fairly unique to the knife making industry and that is that you welcome feedback yeah. you know I think in the in like the woodworking industry anyway um so many people can dabble right in woodwork or DIY or whatever. And so you get a lot of sharks that come after you. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the last episode of uh, the clamp podcast, but uh, Chris Powell from full steam was on there and they were talking about trolls and uh, he is pretty damn good at uh, putting trolls in their place and really picking fights with trolls on the internet. But he kind of said, you know, and he goes, what the fuck is a professional carpenter doing telling me an amateur that I'm doing shit wrong? You know, like, yeah, no, they're you, not. You That's don't the see thing. LeBron James posting something on a high school kid's fucking page saying, hey, dude, you shot that ball wrong. Right. But if <laughs> LeBron know? James is here telling you how you can like. Hey, you, if you want to fix this, do this drill or work on figuring yeah. out this thing. I mean, is that not the most valuable thing you could be getting? It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. And I think it's just, it's, it's hard to see it that way sometimes. Um, oh yeah. You got to put your ego aside I think for sure. Yeah. And it's also hard to sort through uh, the troll, you know, to sort the troll out from the person who's actually trying to help. You know, I think that's a, that can be a yeah. trick as well. I read something somewhere and it said, no one who is above you will be criticizing you. Like, you know, criticizing you negatively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it might give you criticism, uh, but, you know, I, I got like, I did that whole bit on, you know, the square chamber inside yeah. of the forge mm -hmm. uh, piece. And so many people told me it wasn't possible and that, you know, you shouldn't even try it. And then I got a whole big long, a bunch of messages from people saying, well, my dad worked in fuel studies for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, the big long buildup of why I'm doing it wrong, which is like the machine. I've been a machinist for 30 years and blah, blah, blah. That once I read that first sentence right. as a machinist of 30 years, and I immediately just go, not going to read that. You and have then to qualify on. yourself yeah. that way. You have to qualify yourself first and then yeah. you're commenting. So everyone has, a, it's like literally people telling me in the comment section that it's not possible while they're watching a video <laughs> of it actually fucking happening. It's so odd. It's like yeah. you, uh, and then they go, well, 
you know, the swirls are there, but it's still not as efficient. There's a lot of right. loss in yeah. that corner. But and bl- let me and I'm defend like, you for a second. Let, let me just fuck? stroke your shaft just a slight <laughs> yeah, little bit yeah. there, Brian. So first of all, here we are with a, a Helios Forge that with if a break or if a, uh, a one of those bricks break, you can have that top off and replace the brick in like 10 minutes if you have two guys. Sure. First of all, yeah, you saw that is happen, such a so, yeah. valuable thing that, yes, you might get a slight percentage loss in the fact that it's square. But here's the thing. We threw that bitch on at like, what, maybe 5%, like 5 PSI. And that thing went from zero to forge welding temps in like less than 10 minutes. Come yeah. on, what do it you was want? Fully, oh, fully I'm sorry. You need yeah. you need it fully to be in eight minutes, not ten. Yeah. What? Come on. Right. And it's it's funny because it the all of those and by the way, it's easy to build, right? You know, it was a bunch of steel when you guys got there, and then we had it lined. We had all of the interior done in one afternoon, which was like probably took us like a couple of hours we spent on it. Then the next morning we came in and we did, or no, the next morning we did the uh, forge with Steve. And then that afternoon, the second afternoon, we had the burners in and plumbed and we were forging within another Shooting couple of fireballs, hours, I would you say. know. Shooting fireballs. We, oh, that's right. We were doing all the, the, the content around all that. And um, it was it was great. And I, and so the guys got a chance to see it. And Coy wrote some really nice stuff about it being like he's like, you know, this is going to be the industry standard. Just so you know, like I work with forges every fucking day for eight, nine hours a day. And what Brian has designed is going to be the industry yeah. standard moving forward. Nice. And that was like, holy shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't expect that feedback. And he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I need three more of these like stat like ASAP. It so is. I was like, holy fuck. Me too. And, you know, when I went into this endeavor, it was the exact same way as the revolution, solving a problem for a lot of people, looking at something a little differently than other people look at things and then taking that to the next level. So, yeah, I'm with you, Brian. You know, the, I, I love Chris uh, Powell, by the way, and I love yeah. his approach because he's messaged me numerous times about that, like. Um, him and Grant Alexander are both a very. Uh, they make a lot of controversial. Um, yeah, they kind of know, pick reels and things. Yeah, and and they heard me talking about all you have to do is make a mistake and then or say something wrong and then the the shit goes crazy. And Rodney Rodney Philman, uh, the sharp carpenter, sent me something where another guy was like talking about the same process. He was like putting down a like some footers for a building he was building or something. And he was like, all I got to do is say something wrong or do something wrong. And he's like, if I piss off an industry, he's like, that video will go viral. No doubt. In fact, my YouTube channel this month did $500 more than it normally would have because of yet again, YouTube has pushed this piece of content where I talk about removing the weld seam from inside of a piece of tubing. And so many people are pissed nice. off that I'm doing it with a pneumatic file. They, I don't know why, but the world hates really? them doing it that way. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And they, well, I think they hate what they hate most about it is that I explain the process first and then I show it. And they're like, yeah. I had to watch this video for six minutes before you even took out the file and all you're doing is just filing it down. And I'm like, no. See, you don't understand. I have to discuss as to how we came to that conclusion right. first. This is called education. And by the way, six minutes of your time to learn all of that for free 
and you're now you're complaining about it. I'm just like, this is great. So now I respond with a video. Like when somebody you could have closed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Not only that, I love, I love these comments because I write back like I'll write, I'll write like, so uh, did you like the video or not? I can't tell, you know, shit like that. Yeah. I I didn't. What did Kyle say? Good thing. Kyle's like, I just respond with sure. (laughs) (laughs) Or thanks. And a thumbs up. Sure. I'm glad you got something out of this video. That one really gets the negative. That one gets the hate. And, uh, and by the way, the, the algorithm doesn't give a shit because all of this is considered engagement. And so no matter how it's coming to you, it's coming to you. So you can look at it in one of two ways. You can say, oh, man, that sucks. I, I pissed off a lot of people. Delete the video. Or you can make 500 bucks a month and you can, uh, you know, piss off people and explain to them why you did it and all of that. And it works out now, fine for them. It seems so. as if there's two things that the algorithm really likes. Either make a dumb mistake or pit, like one camp is, you know, making a dumb mistake or pissing an industry off. You know, all those comments make it go viral. Or on the other hand, it's the beefs, like that odious oil situation and like that situation. And so I feel like maybe yeah, maybe the move. Odie's oil did it wrong, though. I, I know, mean, I know. I'm not going to get too political about it, but they, they did Listen, approach so it. Listen, so here's the thing. Maybe we need to stage a fake beef with a podcast, like Hustle and Grind or some shit. Oh, and, I mean, yeah. there's only one thing. The problem with that is, is you just disclose that yeah, we're going to do it. I mean, well, like Chris, these guys are in. Chris said it pretty yeah, Chris said it pretty well, right? He's like, you either need to show blow, you got to blow somebody's socks off either by uh, impressing them with something new or flashy, or pissing yeah. them off, right? Like, yeah, there, the new and flashy ways. things works too, but it's a lot yeah. harder than yeah. the piss off portion. Yeah, okay, because it's All hard right, to show new. We're a, we're hour five in, and um, I'm gonna do a dad joke, and then we're gonna close the show, um, and then move on to the after show. You guys are you got that Trump uh, trombone ready, there, Brian? Man, it's been an extra week since I've played this. I'm super rusty. And you got a you got a stuffy nose, so it might it might come out funny this time. We'll see. Um, do you know what an astronaut's favorite part of a computer what is, is? The space. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. I like that one. That that came from Not the bad. ultimate Not dad bad. joke book that was oh, yes. given to me, I think, by one of my children. Which, by the way, why would you arm me with all these? Like, if you, they're right. groaners, right? You know, like right. I look at my kids and go, well, "You sent this to me, so I'm yeah. gonna now feed them to you." So, anyway, uh, listen, we're gonna close the show. Work into the after show. We've got a bunch of new patrons. Uh, in fact, let me go open that up real quick because I know we have a question as well. Patrons, hello. <clears throat> um, since we talked about it. We have four new nice. patrons, Cody Fisher, Jim Putnam, Jesse Leshko, and Zane Hyden. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank and you, thank, um, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We, as you know, this show is supported by the two uh, sponsors that we talked about earlier, Maritime Knife Supply and Baker Forge, and also by the, the lion's share comes from the yes. patrons. All 100 let me see here. Active. Let me click on active. We have all of 135 of you supporting our show for as little as $1 a month or $10.80 a year. And you get to ask us a question and we answer it in the after show. And let me just pull this up because I know we have a question. Will from While Maine. you're pulling that up, 
Special uh, shout out to Zane Hayden. He's a re- return customer of mine. And when I dropped off a couple of knives last time, I brought up the podcast, and here he is now. Now he's one of us. So, nice. thank you, Zane. All right, all right, very good, very good. Um, let's see. Thought you guys might find this interesting. I have 382 followers on Insta. Was just looking. Through. Oh, this is a metrics thing. Um, yeah, he was telling me about we, we were discussing the metrics in the, one of the last episodes about look at how many uh, people that are your actual followers actually look at your content, okay? And when you look at that insight, you'll discover that probably a very small percentage, like 10% or 20% of your followers. So I have 80,000 plus followers on Instagram. And like, you know, if I post something like maybe it gets fed out to 10% of my actual followers and the remaining 90% of the viewers are non-followers. And remember that because... Every time you make a piece of content that might be similar, it might be duplicated, it might be of similar fashion or something where you're like, oh, I don't want to spam my followership with that. You're wrong because your followership isn't seeing it anyway because the algorithm is fucking you over. So post everything. Yeah, this is a big reason why I just can't get back on the bandwagon I, i'm this is a, a hang-up yeah. for me it's a struggle it's a point. hang up and you got to get past it um pause yeah. that music real quick because i've got a question brian hold on i thought that second. was the question that so was the gonna qu- be my out no that's not the question that oh, was a no comment, shit i'm sorry it was just a comment i on thought the show. that was the thing yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry oh. about that no it wasn't and i thought it was initially but it wasn't actually a question but uh so uh justin blauert sends hello gents i have a question for the after show when you are designing a product how long do you promote it before it's time to move to the next item? And in my case, that would be knives. Is it better to focus on one knife design at a time or an entire line all at once? And I guarantee you, you will not know or you will be shocked by my answer, which will be valuable to you. If you are making anything at all, my answer will be definitely worth more than $10.80 for a 12-month period. So uh, if you want to hear my answer to that, you have to buy into the after show. There is that paywall. I, I apologize for that, but that's what keeps this show commercial free. And also all the valuable shit. Most of it is done in the after show. So anyway, guys, appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I know you're working hard for it every week. And remember, chat GPT. It's your friend, baby. Just use it as a tool. Let's like a yeah, hammer. Yeah, you know me. A saw. Chat yeah. GPT. You know me. Chat GPT. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Make you fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> With Chat GPT. All right, let's do it. Beep.